And dear friends of Hemel Hempstead, we wish as we do once a week, we come out and we declare the message of the Bible. The Bible is very simple in many ways, very profound in many ways, but let me give you the simple essence of the Word of God. The Word of God begins by telling us, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God made all things. God made a perfect world, a glorious world, the galaxies, the stars, the cosmos, all things that we behold. The laws of science tell us that matter can neither be created or destroyed. A simple explanation of the universe is God created it. God gave man all things freely to enjoy. Man made in the very image of Almighty God. Yet man rebelled against his Creator. He rebelled against Almighty God. God had warned him prior to that. The day that Adam sinned, he would not only experience a separation from God, but he would begin to die. And we read in the early part of the book of Genesis, so-and-so lived and died, and so-and-so lived and died. And we could say that to all generations, dear friends, that have come into this world. You look at your grandparents and your great-grandparents and others that have come from your family, you and I, we are related. There is only one race, it is called the human race, and we can trace back our ancestry to the same parents, Adam and Eve. The Bible tells us in Acts 17 that by one blood, God has made many nations. And then a little while, in the year 1656, came the great flood, because we read in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, that there was wickedness and violence everywhere in the earth. And we read that it grieved the heart of God that he had made man. And the Lord said to Noah that in 120 years he would destroy all mankind. Yes, millions of people perished in that ancient worldwide deluge. And only eight souls were told survived. A cataclysmic event which explains the Grand Canyon, which explains why we can find seashells, yes, seashells, conches and all these creatures, even whales buried in, indeed, the crustal layers, fossils, all formed. It only takes about 150 years for a fossil to form, and then at that worldwide cataclysmic event, when there was a mighty breaking open of the fountains of the deep, the crustal layers, a great turbulence in all the world, and yet only eight souls survived. God warned that the wages of sin was death, that God was going to destroy, and God did destroy the people of the earth, Noah, we're told, was a preacher of righteousness. Well, what does that mean? 
It means that Noah was preaching that God is righteous. The Bible says God is angry with sinners every day, my friend. You and I need to understand, if we are to have any concept of God, God is holy. And he cannot countenance sin whatsoever. God, we're told, dwells in pure and glorious light. And in his presence we read that the angels that have never sinned cover their faces day and night and cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God proved his holiness when he destroyed the earth because man is sinful. Now, let us put it on a very human level. My friend, if we were to have murderers, if we were to have violent robbers, molesters, walking, roaming the streets of Hamel Hempstead, would we say that is good? Would we say that we live in a just society? Would we say that we believe in justice? If violence, criminality, murderers were allowed to roam the streets of Hemel Hempstead and put you and your children at risk, would we say that that is right? Now multiply that justice to thousands of times. God is infinitely more just than we could ever be. And we say justice is good. Justice is a right. If somebody breaks into your home and uh, steals all your goods, would it be right for that man to get away with his crime? Would it be right for that man to take all that you have labored for, all that you have worked for, and to take it to himself and to leave you bereft with nothing and the society in which you pay your taxes, if the police, if the authorities do nothing about that crime committed in your own house, if your wife or your children were to be raped, would you say that that is right for that person to allow to get away with it? We would say no. We completely disagree with anarchy. We completely disagree with that which men wickedly perpetrate against us. Now again, I say multiply that to a thousand times, and then you begin to have an idea. My friends, the slightest infraction of sin, the slightest violation of sin against God is odious. Why? Because the Bible tells us that you and I are made in his image, made in his likeness. This is why we, you and I, have a sense of what is right. You and I have a sense of what is wrong also. And we know it. When we do wrong, what happens? Our conscience comes and, as it were, it hits us. And we become greatly convicted of our sin and we're troubled 
because we know we have done what is wrong. Why? Because we are made in the image of God. Now I can challenge anybody that says, well, you know we learn good and evil, and it's true to an extent from our ancestors, that's true. But man, you can go to the distant tribes of this world and they'll tell you it's wrong to murder, it's wrong to commit adultery, it's wrong to lie, it's wrong to bear false witness, because it is the instinct of man, because he is made in the image of God with a conscience. My friends, the Bible tells us that God sees this world. And the Bible says God is angry every day with the wicked and the wickedness of men. Because the way we live by nature, we live against God. We stray, we go our own way. And we ignore the very facts that God is keeping us and giving us life, sustaining us, providing. And yet, you know, the Bible says God will bring justice against sin. We're told in the New Testament, when Paul speaks about all the wickedness of this world, he says, for this sake, the wrath of God is coming. And it is for sin. And God will judge sin. But here, let me say, look at the text here. It says here on my board here, Christ was once offered, it says there, to bear the sins of many. And I see many of you listening or hearing. That's the truth. Christ Jesus came into the world and it says Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. The Lord in his great mercy as he looked determined to save many people from this world. And Christ was once offered to bear their sins. Who are these people? They are called the Lord's sheep. And they hear his voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. They come unto me and I give them eternal life. He said, I lay down my life for my sheep. Now again, what are his sheep like? They are sinners. They know and they feel in their hearts they have sinned against God. And they are brought to an, a keen and acute awareness of their sin. And they know like the rest of the world, and I'm afraid the whole world knows this, that every man is going to die. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But then the Bible speaks of another death, my friends. The second death, which is a casting away from God for all eternity. You know, the Bible tells us that we have a soul. And our souls are never dying. They live on and on and on. Man is a spirit. The body that you look at, your hands, when you look in the mirror and you look at your face and you see that person, it is just a shell. Your body is a shell. Now, of course, we must look after our body. But, my friends, you can't keep the body. The Lord Jesus said, Fear him that is able 
to cast both body and soul into hell. And there is a real place called hell. The Jehovah's Witnesses, my friends, deny hell. The Mormons deny hell. And even to an extent, the Catholics do. They will say, well, there's a place called purgatory where you can go and you can somehow pay off for your sins. But my friends, the Lord Jesus said, if ye believe not that I am he, that is the Messiah, you will die in your sins. And the Bible is so plain, the gentle Lord Jesus spoke so often, so frequently, about a real place called hell, where the soul is in anguish forever and ever. And I must lovingly come and warn you, my friend, about that place. But again, I point you to my text. It says here, from Hebrews 9:28, Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Many people Christ came to die for, and he did die for, all of their sin. But God knew that they would commit in their life, would be placed upon him. He suffered for them. And they will come and they will hear the preaching of the Word of God. You know, many people who are not going to be saved have a conviction of sin. Conviction of sin is not the same as conversion. And I'm not here simply to preach the Word of God so that you might just be convicted of your sin, but that God in His mercy might save your soul, might turn you. The Bible speaks of that word called repentance, which is not only to be sorry for our sins, but to turn from our sin. There's so much Christianity, so-called Christianity today, that goes something like this, where just feel bad about your sins, say a little prayer, and all of a sudden, somehow, you're in the kingdom of heaven. But my friends, I want to warn you against such false teaching. When God saves a man, a boy, a girl, or a woman, it is both for time and for eternity. It is to save a man from this world, not only from God's judgment, but to give that man a new life, to give that girl, that boy, a new life. And so what happens is God actually literally comes to live and to indwell that person in their hearts by his Holy Spirit. And you know it's begun when a person truly begins to understand the Word of God. They have entered, as it were, into the kingdom when they begin to see the light of the truth of God's precious Word. You know the Lord Jesus is called the Light. He's called the light of the world. And he lights men, as it were, in their hearts. He, he brings them, firstly, to be awakened to their sin. He, as it were, he puts a spotlight, he puts a torch, he puts a lamp, and he exposes us of our sin. And he brings us, my dear friends, to a knowledge 
of himself and that we are sinners and that we are guilty before him the almighty God of heaven and earth and the wages of sin is death my friends to die without Christ is not only to die as a lost man but it is to die without hope you see there is no other way to God the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the way he said I am the way the truth and the life and he said no man comes to the Father but by me how is he the way well he came from heaven he said I've come from above I've come from above to do what he said to give my life as a ransom for many Jesus Christ died for his people my dear friends and he is a wonderful Savior the Bible says this this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners but is to not only save them from the wrath of God to come but to give them a new life to save them from sin you know there are many people that say they're Christians but they're not a Christian is somebody first of all he's aware that he's a sinner and he will tell you that he seeks to please God but he knows that he never does so perfectly he never pleases God as he desires and it is his desire and his will to please the Lord because God has put in that man a new spirit a, a new desire now to serve the Lord and he or she knows that they're only accepted by the righteousness of another by the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord Jesus is that way he said I am the way and it's by his death my friends a substitute had to die sins had to be born one had to suffer in the place of his people you know Jesus Christ suffered once, it says, to bear the sins of many. Christ doesn't suffer again and again. The Roman Catholics will tell you when they have the Mass that Christ dies again. No, he died once for sinners. And the Bible says he ever lives to intercede for them. So that when they sin, they can say with John, if we confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that when the Christian sins and is grieved in his heart or her heart they have peace with God I want to ask you today do you have peace with God you cannot have peace with God unless you are forgiven of your sins unless you have repented of your sins unless you are trusting in the Savior and you know the Lord Jesus is coming again the Bible says as the Lord Jesus said himself he said I come quickly that is suddenly you know we were speaking just earlier about Noah and the flood when the flood came people weren't expecting it we read in the book of Genesis men hadn't seen rain before there was 
a mist that covered the earth. And they laughed and scoffed when Noah, the preacher of righteousness, was preaching God's judgment. And my dear friends, that day the rain came and God opened up the fountains of the deep. God shut the door and men couldn't get into the ark. And there's coming a day, my friends, when, as it were, the door of heaven will be closed. And men, we're told, will be calling upon the rocks and the mountains to fall on us because the wrath of the Lamb has come. Jesus Christ is the Lamb, the Lamb that was once offered to bear the sins of many, of all of his people. You know, there are basically only two kinds of religions in this world. There's man-made religion, and the man-made religion is men save themselves by their good works. You look at all the religions of this world. Name anyone you like. They're saying to you, if you do this, if you do that, you can make yourself right with God. You can't. A man cannot cleanse himself. He can't make himself clean. He can't justify himself before God. But my Bible says God justifies sinners. He justifies the ungodly. And so the Lord Jesus takes the sin of his people to himself. But lo and behold, what else does he do? He gives his own righteousness to their account. He gives his righteousness to all. Paul says it's the righteousness of God which is by faith. I know as I look at my life, I am but a sinner. A word, a guilty man in many ways. But Jesus Christ, my friends, Jesus Christ is my righteousness. We're told in the Old Testament in Jeremiah, this is how a man shall be saved. Jeremiah 23, the Lord our righteousness. My friend, sometimes we sing at church, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. My friend, if you have not Christ, you are on sinking sand today. You're trusting in your charitable works. You're trusting in a so-called good life. My friend, you will sink. And you will sink before the great judgment seat of Almighty God. I say these things in love. I appeal to you. I was once lost. I was once under great delusion myself. And thinking that I was a good man. But until the Lord revealed that I am a sinner. And I need Christ. I have no hope. Would you seek the Lord, my friend, today? We're a local Bible-believing church here in Hemel Hempstead. And we'd love for you to come along and to, to hear the Word of God. It's called the Word of Life. Because God gives eternal life. Gives eternal life. Who does he give it to? His sheep who hear his voice, who come. And they will come. He said, they shall be mine. 
Not one shall be lost, said Jesus. Not one. They will all come. He said, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. No matter, look at the Apostle Paul. He was a persecutor of the church. He was a hater of Christians. But God had mercy upon that Pharisee. And God brought him to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. My friend, would you seek the Lord today as I close? Turn to him, the Bible says, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his deeds. And God will have mercy. You see, it's all about God's mercy. Now I close with this, friends. Do come along this Lord's Day. We meet at the corner of Lower Road, Red Lion Lane, in Nash Mills, Hammer Hempstead. You'd receive a very warm welcome if you came along. I'm the pastor of the church, and we'd love to see you. We meet 10.30 a.m. this Sunday, this Lord's Day, and 6 p.m. Do come along. Give your soul no rest, my friend. Seek the Lord now. Time is short. Eternity is forever. What will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? May God bless his word today for his name's sake. Amen.